This is an AMI podcast. This is an AMI podcast. Hey, it's me, Lawrence Gunther, host of Outdoors with Lawrence Gunther, heard on AMI-audio. I love exploring the great outdoors with my guide dog, and I want you to be just as comfortable exploring your community and beyond. Check out my show for the latest outdoor accessibility tips, tech, and insights. Listen to Outdoors with Lawrence Gunther wherever you listen to great podcasts. Hi, I'm Fern Nullum, and welcome to Into You, the podcast where we put love under the microscope, shedding light on the do's, don'ts, and nightmare scenarios we find ourselves in while flirting with romance. The second you give someone that power over you, I hope he likes me, I hope he chooses me, you're weakening yourself. We all come at dating from a slightly different angle, but we are often faced with very similar situations to shape up to. It's much easier to say, my city sucks, my dating site sucks, the opposite sex sucks, than saying, how can I do this different? Dating can uncover things about ourselves we never knew before. So without further ado, let's get into you. Are you happy to start? I'm your guest. I'll do whatever you want. Hooray. Good to go. Amazing. Happy New Year! I hope you are ready for a tasty chunk of self-exploration today because it's time for part two of our online dating success double feature. If you've not heard part one, I would highly encourage you to check that out. I spoke to two Melissas, both of whom matched, met and married men they started chatting to online. This time, dating expert Evan Mark Katz is going to tell you how you can do the very same thing. Later, we'll discover how shoes can help keep us calm when dating. Think of it more like putting on a pair of shoes. Okay, didn't fit. Try on another pair of shoes. Didn't fit. Try on another pair of shoes. Didn't fit. Try on another pair of shoes. But you don't have to cut off your feet and you don't have to burn down the shoe store. And find out why personal awareness can make all the difference when putting yourself out there online. People don't trust their judgment. So it's not just that they don't trust other people, they don't trust themselves. But first, Evan Mark Katz has been a dating coach for over 17 years and has a TEDx talk called No More Bad Dates, which has reached over 850,000 views. This is a man with a lot of dating tips up his sleeve. I was all set to coax them out of him like a magician producing a never-ending knotted handkerchief of colourful cyber love gems. But before we could get into how to have more luck online, I first needed to find out why it's so seemingly impossible to swipe ourselves up as sexy someone to begin with. Why do you think it is that people have so much trouble when online dating? It's almost like a big sociological experiment. We didn't know what we were unleashing. It's like Twitter or Facebook. There was a good idea behind it. And then there's the downside. So online dating in theory is a great idea. It gives you access to people you never would have met before in your limited circles, especially these days. It would be next to impossible to meet anybody. It coincided with the rise of the internet. I was an early adopter in 1997, 1998. I was dating online because I was a writer working from home. The problem is when you are given infinite choice and you're behind a computer or a phone, it changes your behavior. We don't treat people the same as we would in real life. Now, everybody's disposable. There is your comparison shopping. Why would I go out with the guy who's five foot 
eight when I can go out with the guy who's six feet tall? Why would I go out with the guy who makes $50,000 when I can go out with the guy who makes $100,000? You're trying to trade up for education, income, and height, and he's trying to trade for you know youth and beauty. We're in this sort of race to nowhere we're in, where we don't really give people a chance to shine. And then the medium itself has gotten progressively worse because of dating apps. So we've taken an already shallow medium like Match.com, conventional online dating, removed profiles, and we're just judging people on looks and saying, why is everybody so shallow? Why is everybody so impatient? Well, it's pretty predictable. This is where we are, where we value speed and volume more than we value personal connection. So it takes extra effort to make the best of a flawed medium. It's not going to come naturally to most people. Most people are not going to spend the time to figure out how to crack it. Do you think it is amping up those psychological tendencies that we naturally have to be, in some ways, judgmental and a bit superficial? It's just making that even worse. There's tons of uh, social science, behavioral economics that explains human behavior. How things are presented to us make a difference. If you go to a menu and there's steak, fish and chicken, you're going to choose one. You go to a menu that's 16 pages long, it's harder to choose and it's harder to be happier with your choice. The more choices we have, the less happy we are. But no one is going to ask their choices to be restricted. We want the choice of everything. That's what the internet's about. I can definitely identify with that with food. I'm terrible when it comes to choosing what I want on a menu. Flipping heck, even if there are only a few options. Is there any particular kinds of people who excel at it and particular kinds that might struggle more with it? And how can you overcome that if you feel like, oh, it's just something that's never going to work for me? Careful about putting my foot in my mouth. (laughs) People who have a success and growth mindset are more likely to succeed in this and all other things than people who don't. I was on the phone with a client yesterday who is just afraid of rejection. She's afraid of failure. And so she's taken 10 years off after her divorce, not finding love, not making connection because the fear of the process was too much for her. For me, it's the total opposite. Wait, I'm going to be alone for the rest of my life because I'm afraid that some woman's not going to like me? No, I went out with 300 people in order to figure this stuff out. You can train yourself to be stronger with this process by having a set of expectations about how it works. There's nothing inherently scary about it. It's not about where you live. It's not about what you do. It's not about all the external stuff. Gyms work fine. Not everybody loses weight, though. It's usually what the person does when they get there. And that's the way I view online dating. Are there lots of other reasons why people fear online dating? It's okay to be afraid. It's normal to be afraid. Courageous people are afraid. They're just the ones who act in spite of their fear. I think it's a Mark Twain quote. We don't want to let fear make our life decisions. You know, I could be afraid of skiing and then go on a ski lift and have sweaty palms, which I do. I'm using myself as a real example. (laughs) And then I look down and I see six-year-olds enjoying skiing. And I'm like, what am I afraid of? When you realize that hundreds of millions of people have dated online, what there is to be afraid of, I'm not quite sure. People are afraid of putting in an effort and coming up short And for me, putting in an effort coming up short just means you have to try something different or you have to try harder. Quitting is just not an option. People tend to be driven by pain avoidance or pleasure seeking. It's not either or, it's both. But if the pain of going online and getting rejected, the pain of sleeping with a guy who never calls you again, the pain of writing to a guy who doesn't write back to you, if that pain is so great, well, you're just going to stay on the sidelines. For me, the pain of being alone for the rest of my life was greater than any of that. It would be like, "Ah, you know, I got fired from my job. I'm never going to work again. I had a bad meal. I'm never going to eat again. (laughs) 
but because technically love is an option, I could be alone. Okay. Then you can be alone and you will be alone and you're going to anchor your life at a certain level. You'll never be able to achieve the kind of happiness that married couples have that you know that you love because you're afraid of achieving it. Aim higher instead of aiming lower and operating from a place of fear and scarcity. Yeah, we talk about fear. And I suppose the answer to the question around fear that I've heard a lot is, well, there are dangerous people online, people have bad intentions online, or people can misrepresent themselves online. Let's point out that everybody who's online is also in real life. They're not different. They're not like online people. They're real people. (laughs) You can meet that person on the tube. The difference is because the medium allows you to meet people really easily. You go on an app, it's GPS. It's, It's like, who's around me? Who's cute? Who's available? So the speed and the ease with which we meet people is easier, right? So it gives you access to people, but it doesn't change who the people are. So the idea that the people online are worse, they're not. They're the same exact people. It's a cross section of people. They're not better. They're not worse. They're the same. So that's one myth that we need to dispel. Are you any more likely actually to meet somebody who is some kind of criminal? You're not. I I mean, the idea that we're like blaming online dating for people, online dating is just a box filled with people. And you have to be able to discern who's worthy of your time and attention, the same as any other facet of life. Before you hire a contractor, before you take a job. We have life experience and we have to use our pattern recognition to recognize when someone is worth our time. And the less you date, the weaker your ability to do that is. People don't trust their judgment. So it's not just that they don't trust other people, they don't trust themselves. So you can do this with joy instead of hiding in fear, being alone, even when you don't wanna be because it feels safer. Trusting your own judgment is key. If you trust your own judgment, then none of this is scary. If you're afraid of anything, I'm afraid to go on a plane because it might blow up, I, I guess, but then you're never going to travel. Fear is never the answer. Misrepresentation is extremely common. I don't want to downplay how common it is. So people lie because they're insecure that telling the truth won't work. I've worked with people who were 80 pounds overweight and didn't want to show a picture of themselves 80 pounds overweight. So they showed another picture where they looked a little bit better. I've dealt with people who were in wheelchairs who only showed themselves from the neck up. I don't think that they're bad people. Have you ever dated online and are you transparent about being blind? That is what my TEDx talk was about, what online dating looks like when you're blind. A lot of times I wouldn't tell people I was blind. I'm curious to know from you, where do you think you draw the line between not feeling comfortable enough to share something about you yet and just wanting to get to know that person before you tell them something that's quite personal about you and dishonesty? It's a great question and it's worth debating. I've been on television where I was the only person who was willing to defend women who lied about their age. Everybody else was wagging their finger and telling them how wrong they were. And I said, well, you've never been a 49-year-old woman who turned 50 and just dropped off the map. So I think it's the ability to put yourself in someone else's shoes. The conclusion that I sort of came to was I found it easier to disclose my disability when I started talking to men online in terms of messaging and sometimes when we would speak on the phone before I met them. So it was that nice compromise. People sometimes will just read something and then swipe onto the next person. But actually, when they start talking to somebody and they see them as more human than they might give them a chance. I think that's a great idea. There's not one way to do this. In everything in life, you're trying to find something that works for both parties. If it just works for one and not the other, 
it's ineffective in life. You're going to alienate the people that you're trying to connect with. Evan had made me realize that there are gray areas even in online dating and that whether our online experiences are good or bad, they can all be valuable in teaching us lessons about how humans interact. As you know, here on Into You with me, Fern Lullum, the podcast you're listening to right now, I'm always ravenous for more psychological lessons in love. So, as is the protocol of most scientific studies in 2021, I put out a post on social media asking what online dating has taught you. And here are a selection of my favourite answers. The sentence reads, Online dating made me realise... Finish that sentence. Ashley says, I'm not the worst looking person in the world. That's always nice to get a confirmation of, isn't it, Ashley? David, online dating made me realise how hard it is to say nice things about yourself without coming off as arrogant. Yes, it's a fine line, David, but don't worry because Evan has some tips on that coming up in a bit, so keep listening. Daisy, nobody's that cute in real life. Daisy's obviously discovered some more attractive people than Ashley had online. And finally, Sam, online dating made me realise love is possible. I mean, you can't say fairer than that, can you? I was starting to understand that even a medium which is usually considered as superficial and shallow as online dating could actually uncover some deep, dark truths about who we are as people lurking beneath the surface. I was struck by Evan's logical, balanced and empathetic approach, and so I donned my wetsuit and snorkel and prepared myself to dive back into these unpredictable waters, where there is always hope that some beautiful creature might be discovered if you can only avoid the sharks. Although, it seems Evan had his fair share of run-ins with wet fish before discovering his very own treasure chest, I was keen to find out what kept him going long enough to allow the tide to start to turn. You said in your TEDx talk that you dated 300 people online before you met your partner, and you called that a wonderful experience, which I loved that because I thought, wow, not many people would uh, would find that a wonderful experience. What was it that kept you persistent, kept you going, even when you met lots of people that obviously weren't right for you? What choice did I have? I wanted to fall in love, get married and start a family. Quitting would not accomplish that goal. So it was just not on the table ever. I was always worthy of love. I always had a goal and I wasn't going to let anything get in the way of me achieving that goal. And if it took 300 dates, then okay. The more you do it, the better you get at it. It leads to success and success leads to confidence and confidence leads to more success. And that could be playing guitar or surfing. The better you get at something, the more you want to do it. So I got good at online dating. It's easier to meet someone with a well-written profile and a couple flirty emails than it is to spend 50 bucks on drinks and, you know, hope you talk to one stranger in a night. It just became a no-brainer. It was so much easier. Sometimes maybe we just need to take the pressure off of ourselves because when you meet the right person, you'll be ready for them. I call it short-term pessimism and long-term optimism. I don't expect anything from any one person. So I'm not terribly surprised when things go bad. I expect them to go bad. So if I expect it to go bad, and 10% of the time it works out, I have to be able to survive the 90% without saying, this is the worst, I hate men, I hate my city, I hate this app. And all the stories that we tell ourselves, which encourage us to quit, think of it more like putting on a pair of shoes. The shoe doesn't fit, 
is it your foot's fault? Is it the shoe's fault? Do you have to complain to the manufacturer? No, you're just trying another pair of shoes. If we remove the personal, it's just another shoe that doesn't fit this guy. Okay, didn't fit. Trying another pair of shoes. Didn't fit. Trying another pair of shoes. Didn't fit. Trying another pair of shoes. But you don't have to cut off your feet and you don't have to burn down the shoe store. The second you give someone that power over you, I hope he likes me. I hope he chooses me. You're weakening yourself mm-hmm. as opposed to if he's lucky and he's smart, he's going to ask for my number. And if he doesn't ask for my number... Sucks for him, his loss. A lot of people, I think, are just going in cold to online dating, not having great mindsets because they don't feel great about themselves or whatever reason it might be, and then wondering why it doesn't work. Having realistic expectations is key for anything. So when people go into online dating, they think, I'm just going to try this for a month and I'm going to find my husband and then I'm going to be done. What? No. That's like, I'm going to go on a diet for like a month and then I'm never going to have to worry about (laughs) watching what I eat again. It's people and their approach to it that's broken And then reality kicks their ass. Most men are not your husband. Don't be surprised. Don't be disappointed. Don't be angry. Don't be sad. It's a fact. I think the more we could demystify and destigmatize dating and online dating, the less of a big deal we make about it. We don't make a big deal when we go to lunch at a restaurant. Oh my God, I hope this is the best sandwich I ever had. You just go and eat. And if it's good, then then you're like, oh, maybe I'll go back to this place. And if it's not good, then you never go back to this place. That's dating. This is the marathon and everybody's here trying to sprint and is wondering, why am I so tired? Well, you've been sprinting. That's why you're tired. I feel like as women, we are often told we psychoanalyze dating. We make it into this massive thing that it isn't. Are you less likely to do that if you're male or do men find it just as hard with online dating for other reasons? Men have debatably a worse online dating experience than women. The amount of rejection that men face is 50 times what any woman faces. Women are like, oh my God, this one guy didn't like me. Guy writes 50 emails to get two replies. (laughs) You have no idea the rejection that men face. They're just really upset that writing hey to 50 women was not a real great strategy. I think both men and women stand to improve a lot in their dating and online dating skill set. Our default is people. It's to blame other people. It's not to take responsibility. It's much easier to say, my city sucks, my dating site sucks, the opposite sex sucks, than saying, how can I do this different? What do you say to people who think that there's so many people out there that if we have a problem in our relationship, we'll just move on to the next person? There's no evidence that online dating produces weaker relationships. There's some evidence that it produces stronger relationships, but... It's sort of neither here nor there. Online dating is a tool to create opportunity. It's not a matchmaking service. It doesn't guarantee compatibility. It puts two people together who wouldn't meet otherwise. So if you're the kind of person who always has his eyes on the next woman, online dating is not the cause of that. It enables someone who is inherently a cheater to think he could keep his options open. We're blaming the medium and it's really about people. This is just revealing who we really are. And maybe it's ugly, but it's just revealing who people are, right? You just have to be able to spot the time wasters and the liars and the losers faster. What would you say are some of the best things to have more successful dates for anyone listening who wants to have more luck online? When you're writing a dating profile, A, go on a conventional dating site, not an app, because an app has no information. If you go on a conventional dating site, write a profile that's appealing to the opposite sex. It's not a bio. It's a personal ad. Let's play this game for a second, Fern. If I were to ask you the five adjectives you would use to describe yourself, what would they be? The tables have turned, haven't they? Okay, I would say friendly, funny, caring, positive, and... 
adventurous. We could take any of those, doesn't matter which. And you could say, I am caring because I walk old ladies across the street. I'm caring because I tithe 10% of my income to the church. But you know what? The guy who's reading this doesn't care. <laughs> and this is not him. This is gender neutral. It can apply this to both sexes. Mm -hmm. He cares what he gets out of the relationship. So the way to answer that question in your profile is to tell a story about you and a man. How has a man benefited from your intelligence? How has a man benefited from you being caring? Give me an example. My wife is intelligent, not because she graduated magna cum laude with a minor in math, which is irrelevant to me. She's intelligent because she explains the plot of A Midsummer Night's Dream since I can't follow Shakespeare. <laughs> you see, that's how I benefit from her intelligence. It's a neat little trick and it works really well. What do you think is really a benefit to online dating that you wouldn't get in traditional dating? Online dating, you could create a love life from scratch, guaranteed, always, period. In real life, how often do you meet people? How often do people ask for your phone number, ask you out? And again, pre-pandemic, how many dates have you gone in the past year? Well, like two. So you go on one date a week my way, you get 50 chances in a year to find love. You date your way, you get two. That's the only reason I need. That's a pretty good reason. <laughs> Everybody talks about how much they hate online dating. Can't seem to, to create a love life from scratch without it. So what are we going to do to solve this problem? I don't meet enough men. I work in a small office with three other women. Most of my friends are married. We pretty much better learn how to use this. I could acknowledge everybody's complaints. I don't think that they're silly or invalid. I just say, okay, it's cold in London. What are we going to do? We're going to have to bundle up. I feel like there's just so much negativity around it that people just sort of regurgitate what they've heard. And in it, like you say, it's easier. There's so many reasons to be negative about it that we just all tend to do that. When you go in saying, I'm not going to fail, I'm not going to quit. I have to make the best of this circumstance. And we, we make the best of all circumstances. We have to make the best of coronavirus. We have to make the best of our jobs, right? If you're blind, you were dealt a rough hand. You got to make the best of it instead of waking up every morning lamenting. That's a mindset. And some people let it beat them and some people don't. And they thrive extraordinarily. So fixed mindset means I got rejected by a guy. I'm a failure as opposed to, okay, that was just one man who's not my husband. <laughs> What would you say to somebody who is considering online dating, but they're not sure about it and they just need that extra push? I mean, I think if they've listened to this episode, they're already much closer to getting on there. But what would you say if there's any doubt in somebody's mind? I would ask people to consider their alternatives. I've heard mixed things about online dating. I've heard a lot of negative things about online dating, right? But that's like, you know, I've heard a lot of negative things about working. I've heard a lot of negative things about America. So let's just write the entire thing off. It's such a limited black and white worldview. Life is what you make it. For someone who wants to find love and doesn't want to date online, but doesn't meet anybody in real life, hasn't met anybody in real life, is making no progress toward their goal. It seems to eliminate all of your other options. So then the question is, if I'm going to date online, how do I do it with more joy, authenticity, skill, confidence, that's something I could help you with. I'm not here to convince people who are so petrified of online dating that they should do it. The UPS guy comes to your apartment and you sign for the paper and your eyes meet. <laughs> that, that's the only way you're going to find maybe Santa Claus coming down the chimney. But like, how else is it happening right now? So to me, this is out of necessity. In some perfect world, you don't have to do anything. Right? You don't have to work. You don't have to search for love. It just finds you except it doesn't. So you got to make it happen. And for people who want to make it happen, 
there are better ways than others. You've been set a challenge, really, everyone. So think about what we've discussed here today. And if you want more help and you want to find out more about Evan and the amazing work that he does, I would highly recommend his TED Talk, No More Bad Dates. But how else can people get in touch with you online? My name is Evan Mark Katz. I'm a dating coach for smart, strong, successful women who want to understand men and find love. You know, 1,500 blog posts and 150 podcasts and tons of free information if you want to get a sense of the kind of advice I give. And I want to thank you, Fern. This is one of the best interviews I've ever done. Oh, wow. Because very specifically, you focused on the positive. And that is something that I'm not used to. Usually interviews are just complaining, you know, what's wrong with men? Like, and I'm supposed to give an answer to that. <laughs> so I really appreciate your preparedness and the nature of your questions. It was really delightful. So thank you for having me. Evan had certainly picked up a thing or two about how to make a girl blush. I hope you found our chat as fascinating and thought-provoking as I did. In fact, I want to hear from you. What did you think was Evan's best advice? And what lessons have you learned from online dating, either first-hand or from those around you? Leave me a comment and let me know. For now, though, you've been listening to Into You with me, Fern Lullum. Special thanks to my guest, Evan Mark Katz, whose links will be in the show notes. Also to Joshua Holland and Sam Robinson for technical support and to the manager of AMI-audio, Andy Frank. Leave me your feedback at feedback at ami.ca and make sure to search for Into You on your favourite or indeed any podcast distributing platform and subscribe for more episodes coming your way on the first Thursday of every month. I don't know about you, but I'm looking forward to the next one already. This was an AMI podcast. For more accessible media, visit AMI.ca.